0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at MileHighchurch.org. So good to be with you this morning. So good to, to be together. Uh, I've started a new spiritual practice of, of saying hi uh, to folks I would normally see here at Mile High Church. So hi Sandra. Hi Chris. Hi Jackie. Hi Rion. Hi Scott. Just invite you to say hello to whoever you wish you were seeing uh, right now. And I don't know about you, but uh, I could sure use a vacation. And think about that. And um, if, if there were no coronavirus and money weren't an issue, where, where would you choose to go? Maybe we'd go to a beach. Maybe you'd go to the mountain somewhere. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I could actually take an hours-long line to Disneyland right now you know, maybe six inches away from staring into someone's uh, neck sweat, uh, some child hanging on my leg who uh, I'm not accountable for, <laughs> just having a good time. I would love to be around a whole lot of people right now. Uh, and yet, in, in spite of all of that, um, I, I think that there's something about moving inward. I'd want to go on a vacation that didn't just please the senses, but would enrich and enliven my soul that would take me on an inward journey as well. Do you know what that sacred site is? That special place is for you? I'm gonna be quoting a lot from uh, the Quaker mystic and teacher Parker Palmer today. And his favorite space is a place called Boundary Waters, uh, a million acres of pristine trees and water and wildlife on the Minnesota, Ontario border. He shares, my first trip years ago was a vacation, pure and simple, but as I returned time and again to that elemental world of water, rock, woods, and sky, my vacation began to feel more like a pilgrimage to me, an annual trek to holy ground driven by spiritual need. Do you know what that place is for you? And I know we may not be able to physically travel there right now, but we can take that journey in, in mind and heart. And perhaps that's all we need to have an experience of what I'm calling coming back to life today. Those sacred places that perhaps are unchanging, but we show up and see how we've changed. I love how Nelson Mandela once put it. He said, there's nothing like returning to a place that remains unchanged to find the ways in which you yourself have altered But as we know, sometimes these places do change. Sometimes they experience devastation. Sometimes it might be a place like our childhood home that's no longer available to us to return to. And so we have that process, sometimes a a longer process than we'd like of coming back to life. This was Palmer's experience with Boundary Waters. He shares with us on July 4th, 1999 a 20-minute maelstrom of hurricane-force winds took down 20 million trees across the boundary waters. A month later, when I made my annual pilgrimage up north, I was heartbroken by the ruin and wondered whether I wanted to return. I don't know about you, but this is a fitting analogy for how I feel today, how many of us may feel looking outside of our, our windows to see the halt to see the unintended devastation of our communities no longer seeming alive. Not getting to get close to people I care about. Not being able to go to a favorite restaurant or bar. Not being able to take uh, my baby girl and bring her to the park, something that was built for her to play and swing and have fun. I think sometimes, believe it or not, we actually underestimate The devastation that's going on around us and although we pray that things come back to life quickly there's not just the exterior changes and rebuilding that need to take place each of us has to go on an an inward journey because what i've learned in my life is that when there's devastation or immense change going on within me it's an opportunity for me to look within myself to see if there are parts of myself that have become barren to see if there's inner devastation or inner dividedness that's keeping me from living a whole, genuine, inspired life. Palmer speaks to this idea of the ways that we can discover inner dividedness within ourselves. He says, I yearn to be whole, but dividedness often seems the easier choice. A still, small voice speaks the truth about me, my work in the world. I hear it and yet act as if I did not. I withhold a personal gift that might serve a good end or commit myself to a project that I do not really believe in. I keep silent on an issue I should address or actively break faith with one of my own convictions. I deny my inner darkness, giving it more power over me, or I protect it onto other people, I, pardon me, project it on other people, creating enemies where none exist. And we're going to show a slide where Palmer um, mentions some of the many ways we can experience barrenness or dividedness in our own lives. We do it when we refuse to invest ourselves in our work, diminishing its quality and distancing ourselves from those it is meant to serve. When we remain in settings or relationships that steadily kill off our spirits, we harbor secrets to achieve personal gain at the expense of other people. We hide our beliefs from those who disagree with us to avoid conflict, challenge, and change. We conceal our true identities for fear of being criticized, shunned, or attacked. And I don't know about you, but for me, if just one of those I can check the box for, I know that there's some inner work to do, that part of me has pulled back from life, that has held myself back and trapped it in dividedness. And so it's time to do the work, do the inner work, to bring my spirit back to my life. I'll always remember the day, it was in 2010, and I received a call from a congregant who had also become a friend. And in 2008, he was uh, laid off from his job. He had worked in IT for 25 years, and when the Great Recession hit, um, he was laid off and he was still up to that point two years later trying to find work. he had had many interviews, mostly for jobs um, that he was overqualified for. And so it was painful for him to go to interview after interview to share himself and share his heart and then be rejected for the job. This particular morning was, was different Uh, He had an interview for a job that was almost exactly like the one that he had before, working for a great company with great benefits. And I knew that he was looking forward to this interview. And thus I was surprised by his phone call, because what he called to tell me is that he couldn't bring himself to get out of bed that morning. That he feared so much that experience of being rejected again his dignity had felt so quelched by the economic environment that he couldn't take it anymore, even to go to a job that was right up his alley that he would have loved to do. And I could sense in my heart, and I knew, that there was only one other alternative available for him besides calling and asking for help that morning. And I knew so much in my heart that the conversation that we were about to have wasn't going to be easy. I couldn't say, suck it up, go to that job interview, quell your feelings, try and pretend to have a great spirit. This man had died on the inside. He'd forgotten who he was. He had forgotten that he was connected with a spirit in life that was always with him. And so we began what was a long path to remembering that truth. you may not be in the same boat as this man was but i would argue that each and every one of us has experienced some sort of if not halt or devastation some sort of dividedness in this process seeing the world halt around us should cause us to halt and look within us to see what's going on in my inner life whether your life has slowed down or you're still running the rat race, but just from home, there's something about being home that, that causes us to take a, a deeper look into ourselves. So we want to ask ourselves some questions. Am I truly living a life that is meaningful to me? Does how I live my life nurture my heart and resonate with my soul? Am I investing in spirit, my spirit in things that I value and matter to me? Am I investing my time in things that I value and mean something to me? Am I taking time to truly love those whom I care for? Not just in theory, oh, I love you, but in practice, consciously doing those actions that help the people we love know that we love them. And again, when The answer is no, or sorta, kinda. It's an important time to to reconnect with our lives, to rediscover creative energies that perhaps we've inhibited within us. To stop and see our life, yes, there are challenges around us, but also behind it there's a blank slate, waiting to be painted, waiting to be cultivated. In destruction is the room for new creation. In barrenness, even beneath it are the seeds for new life. And sometimes for us, it's going to take the courage to clear everything we've gathered and to step into our lives anew, to come back to life with greater spirit, greater conviction, and greater consciousness. An affirmation that's kind of saved me through this time um, came to me almost as soon as this crisis began, and it was, I will find as many opportunities as there are challenges in this crisis and I will spend as much time on those opportunities as on the challenges. That first part for me, to be honest, wasn't all that hard being a part of such a creative, innovative church. We were able to see the challenges, oh we can't have people on campus, let's create dynamic online services that speak to people's lives during these times. Uh, We're in economic insecurity. Let's create uh, free donation-only classes. In personal life, how can we um, get Nancy June on a swing? Well, we're going to have to buy one and put it in the backyard. What was more difficult for me was spending time on those opportunities. I've learned a little bit about myself in this time, and that is I waste too much time on the challenges. That when there are difficulties in front of me that I forget that actually focusing on the opportunities helps those challenges take care of themselves. But too often I get stuck weaving in my mind about a conflict I might be in, in with someone or worried about a criticism I've received or what someone else thinks about me. I spend too much time in the problem that I don't focus on the opportunity of being in the creative energies to find the, the solutions. And it's an amazing thing to discover that by being willing to connect with our creative source, even doing something that may be unrelated to the problem, journaling, painting, taking a walk, can allow the challenge to lose the power I've given it so that it can find its way to a solution. This has helped me rediscover my own creative energies in my own life. And I want to share with you today some tools for coming back to life and it must be really inspired by Dr. Roger because I've created an acronym today and it's called GROW. Coming back to life through utilizing the tools of GROW. And the letter G stands for get back to your roots. Get back to your roots. No matter what devastation may be happening in the fields of our lives, those roots are still strong. And we've gotta get back there. We've gotta get back within ourselves. I don't know about you, but sometimes I give my spirit away. I give my spirit away to news feeds, financial uncertainty, fears about the future. Getting back to my roots means bringing my spirit back into myself as Dr. Sue was talking about in the interview, just breathe. And when you breathe, breathe in your essence. Feel it coming out of everything you've given it to to be renewed in your own soul. Breathe in your essence and allow it to fill your entire being. And then if you choose, prayerfully you can breathe that essence back in. Breathe that divine essence and knowing into the news, into the uncertainty and to the circumstances and the uncertain future. Breathe into your essence and you will find the most creative power that there is. It's in you, it's in me, it's in all of us and we need it right now. Get back to your roots. Secondly, rely on your harvest. The R stands for rely on your harvest. I think many of us underestimate the support that is available to us, support that we've built along our life adventure that perhaps we're not taking full access of, good and close and wise friends, ministers and practitioners here at Mile High Church, a good book that inspired us at a time in our life that may be gathering some dust, a great inspirational movie. When you're challenged, go to your resources. I'm so grateful back in 2010 that my friend called me. I can't imagine what that choice was like for him, to feel his dignity gone, but to know that there were people who cared about him, to know that there were options available to him. When we talked that day, we made a commitment for the next 30 days, every day at 10, no matter how he was feeling, we'd talk on the phone, we'd have a prayer, and that would be it. My friend eventually would get a job, and he's doing okay today. I can't say he's thriving, but he's doing okay. And sometimes okay can be enough for all of us when we felt so divided from our inner spirit. But when we go to those resources, when we rely on those resources and ask for help and utilize them, they help create, they help upend the seedbed so that new life can emerge. The O stands for open your life. Open your life. A lot of us, when things break down, we try to take the structures that have, that have been broken and try to use them to rebuild. Don't do that. Allow the rubble to be moved away and use the same spirit of the design that was working in your life, but allow new life to emerge. And if we don't clear out the rubble, if we don't clear out the soil, that new life cannot emerge. I love how Parker Palmer shares his return trips to Boundary Waters. He says, On each visit since, I've been astonished to see how nature uses devastation to stimulate new growth, slowly but persistently healing her own wounds. Nature knows what to do. Our inner spirit knows what to do. We may not be able to control some of the negative effects of this crisis in our lives or in the lives that we love, but we can clear a space for what's new to emerge. One of the greatest pieces of religious wisdom I've ever heard actually came from Lucille Ball from I Love Lucy. She shared, I have an everyday religion that works for me. Love yourself first and everything else falls into line. Love yourself first and everything else falls into line. At one level that may sound sweet, but at another level it demands courage to care for your body. To love yourself, even in moments of frustration or when you're in a bad mood. To accept yourself where you are. My message to you today is coming back to life starts by caring for this vessel. Caring for your soul so that your soul, your body, your spirit, your psychology, your emotions can live in balance once again. And when we do that, that's when the fruits start to grow. That's when the new plants emerge. But we have to be willing to let go of the life we lived to step into this new life that is raring to go for our thriving for our inspiration, and for our heart. Self-care isn't about selfishness. For when we truly care for ourselves, it's not only a blessing for us, but for everyone around us. Remind your partner of that in your home right now. Care and love yourself and let everything else fall into line. The last part of GROW, the W, stands for wholeness. Wholeness, what does that mean to you? Wholeness. For me, it means that I can no longer live a life as a whole person that is divided. I can no longer allow myself to live a whole life that is divisive. I can no longer allow myself to live a whole life that's lived only partially. Palmer shares quite profoundly, the thing about wholeness is once you realize you're whole, you must live your whole life. See, it can be a cursed aspect for those who don't want to live on high, for those of us who don't want to live from our heart. It takes courage to live your whole life, and that doesn't mean you can't experience brokenness or dividedness or divisiveness. I experience those things every day, but can I do so from a place of my wholeness within myself. From when I, even though I can't see the new sprouts of leaves and fruits, can I know that their seedlings are there within me and take care of myself so that wholeness can come forth. Palmer goes on, he says, wholeness does not mean perfection. It means embracing brokenness as an integral part of life. Knowing this gives me hope that human wholeness, mine, yours, ours, need not be a utopian dream if we can use devastation as a seedbed for new life. The teacher Karen Miller says, we settle in the sheep turds because that's how the fruit trees grow. Don't be afraid of these challenges in your life. What's in the garden is in the garden, but trust what's in your roots is an inner wholeness that if you choose and have the courage to live from it, will give you everything that you need to find grace clarity and love and that grace that clarity and love my friends is the most creative thing I know of let it bless you let it bless those you love let it bless everyone around you coming back to life in wholeness in openness relying on our harvest being willing to live from our roots Live from your roots and trust what they grow, and we'll all grow through this together. As we move into affirmative prayer, I just simply honor all of our practitioner prayer partners that are in the world today, whether they're a part of Mile High Church or any spiritual institution, this consciousness that's just lifting us all up. May it lift you and I up even farther today. In a, in a slight turn from our normal affirmative prayer, I'm just going to share some words from our founder, Ernest Holmes, from this thing called you. He shares and he prays, I realize that there is a divine presence at the center of my being. I let this recognition flow through my entire consciousness. I let it reach down into the very depths of my being. I rejoice in this realization. The perfect life of God is in and through me in every part of my being. As the sun dissolves the mist, so my acceptance of life dissolves all pain and discord. I am free because the spirit of life in me is perfect. It remolds and recreates my body after the likeness of the divine pattern of body which exists in the mind of God. Even now, the living spirit is flowing through me. I open wide the doorway of my consciousness to its influx. I permit this physical body to receive the living spirit in every action, function, cell, and organ. I know that my whole being manifests the life, love, peace, harmony, strength, and joy of the spirit which indwells me, which is incarnated in me, which is my entire being. I am now made vigorous and whole. I possess the vitality of the infinite. I am strong. And well, the life of the Spirit is my life. All of its strength is my strength. Its power, my power. Its body is my body. Every breath I draw is a breath of perfection, vitalizing, upbuilding, and renewing every cell of my body. I am born of the Spirit. I am in the Spirit. I am the Spirit made manifest. And so it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.